Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monday Morning Recap. My name is Pastor Matt, and I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Good afternoon. And that is exactly right. It is the afternoon when we're recording the Monday Morning Recap, but that's okay. Usually gets posted by the afternoon anyway. So uh, excited to sit down, talk a little bit about the sermon and stuff. But um, really quick, I know you're a little bit busy, Pastor Todd, but how's it going at the house? You doing all right? You getting any closer? We talked about it last week, so. Yeah. um, I don't know. (laughs) To be honest with you, uh, this morning there has been, I think I've spent like 90% of my day just emailing. Um, Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not selling my house again or buying a house again for a long time. In fact, my next move will be into a nursing home. Or into a graveyard um, because this has been this is not fun <laughs> and I, I don't and I honestly I don't know if it's going smoothly or not <laughs> yeah I just know that this is not my thing yeah it's going it's so going it's going so hopefully hopefully by the end of the week we'll be in oh okay um, all right that's what we're hoping it may not be closed by the end of the week we might be temporarily renting our own home. So, <laughs> but anyway, so, okay. but by the end of the week, hopefully, you know, I'll be in my house. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, yeah. End of the week. That's good. So, all right. Nice. Um, I also did want to ask you guys this too. Just, um, you know, weather's getting a little colder now. Actually, I got to take that AC out of my office because I'm a little chilly and I feel uh, the cold air coming in, but it's October now. And uh, some people... Some people may hate me for this, but um, when do you guys start listening to Christmas music? Okay. Hold <laughs> up. First of all, I thought you were going to say you were drinking pumpkin spice coffee. <laughs> okay. Second of all, see, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving is Christmas music time. Okay. Thanksgiving. That's what you say. Pastor Jamal, do you have? I like don't like a, how you said that. You're face. like, that's what you say. Okay, okay. <laughs> hey, I just, I have, I have some opinions. So. Yeah, after Thanksgiving, probably. After Thanksgiving, see, because I feel like that's a different answer than Thanksgiving time. Thanksgiving time would be like uh, leading up to Thanksgiving. You could be listening to Christmas music. After Thanksgiving, you can start playing Christmas. Music. I think Christmas. I think Thanksgiving Day. Nah. Because as I'm driving to, you know, Grandma Grandpa's house. I guess maybe it depends on the Christmas music. Yeah, I don't want to no. sing Jingle Bells then, but so then chestnuts after. like roasting on an open fire. Maybe. Yeah, some things. But you yeah, could be it's safe a little warm. And just yeah. do it the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> see now you. But, get, but wait. The, see after Thanksgiving, all Christmas music is greenlit. But you're saying on Thanksgiving, you're kind of it, iffy about some. So that's why I feel like the green light should be after Thanksgiving. But brother, we need to stand together because I'm hearing from this one over here. That's Matt that I'm pointing at. The October? No, so <laughs> October is when I begin to think about Christmas music and when I should turn it on. That's what it is. I had a friend in college that um, started Christmas music on September 26th every year. That's just like when he started. So I would be like, stop, stop. It's too early. But then what I realized like the next year when I started like, you know, around Thanksgiving time, it's just so short lived and then it's over. So I feel like... It kind of ushers in the entire holiday season. I like people feel like you skip Thanksgiving, you're skipping this or that. I'm like, no, I'm not skipping. This like represents the whole two and a half months, three months, the road to Christmas. I just call it the road to Christmas. Okay. Nah. I, I I can kind of buy into that if you were saying like November first. 
<laughs> but it's hard to sing Christmas songs when you're trick or treating. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's. Although one year we did do. I'm, I'm like messing everything up today, knocking all over the place. In case you didn't hear that. But uh, one year we were seriously doing our trunk or treat, and it snowed. Wow. Okay. So. So, I, okay, I guess maybe you can sing Let It Snow that day. No. <laughs> I don't believe that Christmas has uh, the uh, catalog for it to last that long. It should just be from after Thanksgiving mm-hmm. until after Christmas. Well, okay, just to throw it out there, I didn't start listening to any Christmas music. So I just said, I, I, this is when I begin to think about it. It's That's just, what I, no, I'm just giving, saying, my, giving my two cents, my opinion. I feel you guys. All right, all right. Well, let's talk about um, the sermon for a little bit. Uh, Pastor Jeff started a brand new series called Out of the Shallows and really talking about kind of taking our walk with God to a deeper place, um, not just being in the shallows, but going deeper. But I did want to ask you guys this, just from something he said in the beginning, he didn't really stay here for the message. It wasn't so much about this, but just a thought I had from a diff- couple different things, I guess. He was talking about some lines from an old Pentecostal hymn And he mentioned, you know, mercy and just the definition of mercy. You know, mercy is not getting what we do deserve. And then how grace is kind of the other side of that, how grace is getting what we don't deserve. And so mercy, we've been we we have the mercy of God. We deserve um, hell and death, but we God has mercy on us and he saves us. And then we have the grace of God. He gives us what we don't deserve. And now we have fellowship with him. We have eternal life, the gift of eternal life. It's beautiful. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys this <clears throat> just from some conversations I've been having. And then I even read an article about, uh, that Tim Keller wrote recently pastor in New York city, um, that we don't like this idea anymore, like of mercy, not getting what we do deserve. Just the idea that we deserve anything bad at all is not something that people really understand anymore. I want to see what you guys think. If you think that's true, like he was saying in the article, like the only um, sin really in American society today is to say that someone else has sin. Like we, th- we're not sinners. We're not in need of saving from anything. And, and even the idea of, Oh, how could God send someone to hell? That's where that comes from is, well, God sends people there. Cause I'm not going there. He would, he just sends people there cause he's picky. Like, so I don't know. I just wanted to see that was just in my head. Like, do you guys agree with that sentiment that we don't really feel like an, we have a spiritual need or, or, or any need, you know, to be met by God. I mean, if I'm honest, I'm not always thinking about my sinfulness and how I need God from moment to moment. A lot of times I feel like, ah, I'm doing okay today. When I think about my need of God, it's usually because either I've blatantly done something or someone's blatantly <laughs> done something to me. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, God, I need you to get through this or whatever. Um, so I, I think there's a, there's a real, a realistic thing. You know what? It's a hard balance too, because if we're always walking around saying, woe is me, if we're always walking around saying, woe is me. And we're always like stuck on how bad we are. Like, I don't think that honors God either, but I, I think part of humility is acknowledging God has created fearfully and wonderfully. And we are Yet we are flawed because of sin, and so we need him to reach that fearful and wonderfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, but I think if you fall on the side of I'm dirt, you're missing out what God has. Mm-hmm. But if you fall on the side of, hey, I'm great, 
other people need to be like me, you're missing out on what God mm-hmm. says about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, I lean, I lean more towards the I'm dirt, uh, only because I think that um, I don't know, I don't know how to word it except for. I know that Paul says in Romans that there's no one who seeks God, you know, there's no one who wants him. And in fact, even he opens up Romans by talking about, you know, how we basically as mankind, you know, we didn't want God. We worship create they worship the creator or they worship created things rather than the creator. That's what it says in Romans chapter one. And I think that that is just the nature of who we are as human beings apart from christ so i think that um you know i i lean into i lean more onto that side i think of the i'm dirt than anything else um so that so that i it's it's maybe it's twisted but i lean more into the idea of i'm more dirt so that i can be more dependent upon the grace and the mercy of god and the holy spirit's work in me as opposed to anything that i bring to the table in and of my self that that's just that's just my that's how i read it i don't know yeah um i hear what you're saying and i guess i'm saying because i don't normally feel that way i i see why like oh maybe we should lean that way because because like what you said pastor todd is what i feel like i is how i feel like i'm not consciously thinking of my need for god all the time um and even really talking about the sermon you know pastor jeff really kind of says that towards the middle of a sermon about how hope is deployed when we're in despair or we feed our soul when we're in despair. I mean, despair and needing sin maybe are a little bit different, but like, I don't always think of that. And even, um, yeah, well, you said in Romans how all have fallen short of the glory of God. Um, sin means to miss the mark, right? Even last week on Wednesday night, we started going through the letters of John and and one of the best verses, in my opinion, in the Bible, if, we're, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Such a beautiful verse. But it starts with, if we confess our sins. So not if we confess our mistakes. You know what I mean? I guess maybe that's what I mean. I feel sometimes, uh, and I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't saying uh, Christians only. I, I kind of meant as a society. But that I'm, I don't sin. I make mistakes, maybe, and that's pretty cruel, maybe, for God to send people to hell because we make, we all make mistakes. Like, maybe that's what I'm getting at. So even for myself, sometimes I think I can fall into that mentality that, well, I've made a few mistakes, but I don't know, I don't sin that much, or I'm not a sinner. You know, like I, I maybe it's easy to kind of fall into that in your head. So I guess that's what I was getting at. Yeah, and I, I think. <clears throat> I think we just have to be careful too, because we can make an idol out of either side, mm-hmm. you know. And and I I think I think, and I guess Pastor Mall, this is why I say we have to be careful not falling into um dirt all the time, because it, it also discourages what God is, or not, not discourages, it discredits, discredits, or what God has made too. You know what I mean? And I think you can acknowledge the wonderful works of God and still acknowledge how sin has tainted it. Y- you know what I mean? Because uh, there are people who who take great pride in the fact that they know that they're sinful. And, and 
hey, because I'm sinful, I know I'm sinful, and I wish you knew how sinful you were, you know, like, so there's got to be a balance in that, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I think you can't deny that we are sinful and we need God. Or, or like maybe too what you're saying a little bit, like it doesn't become a guilt thing either. It it needs to be a hum, a humility thing, but we can make it a guilt thing sometimes. Right, and and I think maybe that's what humility is. It's an honest evaluation. Okay, you know, like like acknowledging God talks about His works are fearful and wonderful, mm-hmm. and if we're part of His work and part of His creation, where even when he's created Adam and Eve, he said it's very good. So you have to acknowledge that there's an aspect of the way God made us that's good. But sin has corrupted that. And if we only get stuck on the sin part, then I think we're missing. I think we're miss. I, I think you can get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And I think if we get stuck... That's not fulfilling God's plan either, you, you know. So I think it's just an honest evaluation is really, really important. Um, but to deny that God doesn't make garbage, mm-hmm. you, you, you know what I mean? Like, or that we're we're a new creation like, in Christ, and right, those sort of things. Um, yeah. okay. Well, then let me connect it this way too, because I feel like. Uh, again, he he didn't really talk so much about that, Pastor Jeff, in the sermon. He, his main text was in Luke five one through eleven about Jesus calling Simon, and you know, great famous story. Um, many people listening probably know it already. Um, and I thought his points were great and everything. And so maybe here's another way. It's this isn't about sin, but maybe what I was getting at about like kind of apathy. So going out of the shallows, you know, going deeper in your walk with God. Um, there are some people that maybe just, you know, that makes a lot of sense to them, but for others, you know, maybe you don't like feel that that's necessary. You know, maybe that's a little bit too the other angle, like, well, why go deeper with God? Um, do I need to, like, I believe in God, you know, I worship God, I guess I come to church or, or wherever you may be at. Oh, going deeper with God. I got to go deeper. Like, do I? I mean, I, I feel like I'm doing okay. I feel like I'm doing, I have what I need. Um, so I guess I don't have a question there besides that. What would you say? To that? Well, can we, <laughs> can we just clarify what we mean by going deeper with God? Because sure, sometimes, yeah. uh, sometimes, and I ask that because sometimes we do use words and I'm like, well, I want to do that, but I don't even know what that means. Yeah. So can we clarify? <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know if you have thoughts, Pastor Jamal. I mean, Pastor Jeff said in his message, okay, if I'm just looking at my notes here, he's talking about how, you know, God, oh, this is what he said. God wants us, uh, God wants to take us to a place where we're completely dependent on him. The deep signifying not being as much secure that we have that full dependency on God. He talked about how the shallows is more where we feel in control. We see our feet in the water. He said it's, it's, it was a physical event that took place, but it's analogous of, what God wants to do spiritually in our life going into the deep. So taking us in a place where we're um, more dependent on God and, and we're not secure in ourselves. Um, so, you know, yeah. what's funny about that is I think a lot of people would be like, well, if I've gone deeper with God, I should feel better about myself. Mm. 
and <clears throat> and that's part of the reason why I want to clarify not that specific item, but sometimes when we talk about like going deeper with God, like some people could be like, oh, if we're going deeper with God, then I should be talking in tongues more, or if I'm going deeper with God, then I should be doing more miracles, or I should be going to church every moment. And I think it's when we generally talk about going deeper with God, it's more like letting God have more control of our lives hmm. or or like me growing to be more mature in God. Okay. You know, so that's that's just the reason why I ask, because I think sometimes it means different things to different people. Yeah. 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 Um, and I like that you have that distinction. Actually, I was just listening to a sermon. You guys were here. I was just listening to it a little bit. But he uh, who's saying the preacher. um with Paul that he walked an average of 20 miles a day when it came to like the peak of his ministry and he did all this stuff and he would kind of um, suffer and stuff. Yeah. Pastor Todd's shaking his head like not nah, 20 miles. <laughs> I, did, I do like two miles when I was walking it and that was, that was it. I was tired. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that he was doing these things and it wasn't, um, but I like his perspective that I feel like you were just sharing. It's not this, uh, well, it's a death sentence. Hey, Jesus, uh, he died for you and, and you, so you, you better die too. It's his, he, his angle with it was kind of like Jesus serves us before he asks us to serve other people. And so because Jesus served Paul, Paul was like, I'm going to do anything now to serve other people. And now I just feel like that change of attitude, like totally changes, changes the perspective. Like, so even going deeper with God, Oh, I got to go deeper with God. Oh, I'm too dependent on myself, blah, blah. But when you spin it the other way, how you were, I feel like just talking, Pastor Todd, growing in maturity, trusting God more in these areas. Well, I want to be doing that. Of course I want to be doing that, you know. Um, so. uh, all right, so so here's a question I wanted to ask you guys. Pastor Jeff's first point was that, you know, from looking at the story, Jesus is never too busy to meet with just you. We're talking about going deeper in our walk with God. In the story, Jesus wanted a personal encounter with Simon. He was teaching the crowd. He asks, uh, and I've heard a few sermons on this passage, and so I think of all, all these different things at the same time. But then he stepped into Peter's boat. He asked Peter, can I come into your life this way? Can I step in the boat? Peter was listening to him teach. And then after he's done teaching, now he has a personal encounter with him. And he you know, does the miracle of the fish. Hey, cast it on this side and everything. And so Pastor Jeff talked about how with a crowd, Jesus is a teacher. And even Peter in the story would have been there listening to Jesus teach. But then one-on-one, -on -one, he becomes a tutor or a mentor. And that's what happened um, in the story. And that's what God wants to do in our lives as well. If we, if we want to go deeper, Jesus has to go move beyond our teacher in a crowd setting that it's one-on-one -on -one tutor mentor. So I just wanted to ask, you know, what does that look like? How does God tutor or mentor us? one-on-one -on -one, maybe what does that look like in the sense of like okay i heard pastor jeff's message how do i go home and allow god to do that but also maybe like what does that look like um when god is tutoring me or like you know what i'm saying or just describe the difference even what teaching versus tutor is there a distinction there like what what would you say maybe pastor jeff is getting at in that sense if that makes sense if, if am I asking a, a the right question or am I not asking? Maybe I'm not phrasing it right. No, I think you're asking the right question. I think I think I'm just I'm weirded out a little bit by the terminology. Yeah, that throws okay. me a little bit. Um, and I mean, it's what it's that's it's just my personal whatever. Like, I like tutor mentor. Uh, 
I feel like it just has it has to be more than that. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to Jesus, and I think that I, it's tutor. I don't know that I I just don't like those terms. So it's more of like a personal like whatever with me. I think, and so um, this is no shade in no way, shape, or form. I think that. And I think he even makes this distinction, Pastor Jeff does in his message. He talks about the transition from master or, you know, from master to Lord. You know, yes, from, he from does. Teacher yeah, he Lord. did. Yeah. And yeah. I think that I understand that. Cons- he make Pastor Jeff highlights that he says we watch Peter's life go from, hey, teacher to Lord. And I think that. That is the better terminology in this particular case, like. I think that there has to be a transition between where, you know, where you see Jesus as Lord, as master, as he has ownership over your life. Because at the end of the day, if you're a tutor, tutor or a mentor, I could still refuse to come to class. I could still refuse to do the assignments. I could still refuse to. I mean, even Jesus is Lord. People still refuse to obey the things that he lays in front of their hearts, in front of their lives. Yeah. You know, you, you could claim Jesus Christ as your Lord and master and savior. Uh, and you could say that he's Lord of your life and then turn around and go home and still beat your wife. Like it's it's to me, I feel like when we're looking at some of this term terminology, I think that the main thing that 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 Pastor Jeff is trying to highlight, though, is that Jesus is not too far from anyone Mm -hmm. that he can engage with you in a way that seems personal and if you will allow him to that personal connection and that personal encounter can transform your life in levels and in ways that you never thought possible so i think that that's kind of like where where he was trying to go with that i mean at least that's what i took from it and i think maybe i'm just a little cringy feely about some of the the terminology of tutor mentor so that's just i don't know that's mm-hmm. just me cuz i feel like if it's supposed to if i'm supposed to listen to the message and make it applicable to my life i don't want him to be a tutor i don't want him to be a mentor i want him to have all of it mm-hmm. complete and total ownership over my life and that's the whole crux of the message and i'm assuming the series is that we become more dependent upon jesus that that we just give him our full trust. Like we just fully trust in him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I don't know. That's th- those are my thoughts on it. Those words. <clears throat> I agree with you. And I guess like when you said the words like tutor and mentor, like the thing that comes to mind is the difference between just knowing about God. Like a tutor is going to help you to know information, but a mentor is the one who actually helps you to live it out more mm-hmm. you know um and i think that there's a relationship there maybe and because i do agree with what you're saying pastor jamal and that idea right that jesus is not too far from anyone and in that in a teacher setting it's not a set of ideals to live by only it's not a philosophy only i, I would say because it, it, it there are ideals that we need to be living by that jesus taught but right the crux being that if I want to go deeper in my walk with God, it's not um, it's not an affiliation right. with these ideas. There's a relationship. There's a mentorship, a lordship, um, on a personal level in my life. Like you said, that there's ownership there. And actually, I think maybe we kind of see that kind of in a roundabout way here when Jesus goes from general teaching of the crowd. Here's all the things he's taught. Now he brings it down to very personal peter 
like do these things and respond to what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like that idea of like, okay, I've preached to the crowd. So here's the general info, but now Peter, let's walk this out. And I think that's the same idea of like master. Like you can hear great sermons. You can read your Bible. You can really be a Bible scholar and totally miss that it's not about knowledge. It's about the relationship. It's about, it's about Jesus transforming us. Yeah. And, um, I guess maybe that's what I was thinking in my head a little bit. Like when it, when I guess I was asking the difference, like, um, Jesus is never too busy to meet with just you. And how do I go deeper in my walk with God? These things that we typically call spiritual disciplines, but even <clears throat> they're a discipline because sometimes you don't want to do, like, you know, you don't want to pray or read your Bible sometimes. You got to make yourself do it a little bit. But I think with this idea that we're describing, it's less of a discipline in that sense. Like, it is that relationship. It's, I could just come to church and listen, or I could even pray as in, like, I said my prayers. You know, before I went to sleep, I folded my hands and I said my prayers. But it's not a matter of saying my prayers. It's a matter of communicating with God. It's a matter of my heart, like that you're pointing at, Pastor Todd. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's what you look <laughs> like. No, because it made me think of something like it's an engagement of the heart. Like yeah, you can do yeah. things and your heart not be engaged in it. Mm. Um, like you can practice piano for hours and maybe you'll be technically correct. But then when you get somebody who maybe doesn't play as well, but they engage their heart into the playing process, mm -hmm. like it's a, it has a completely different feel. It moves us in a different way. And we can technically know a lot about God, but we want our hearts engaged in the process. We can pray and make it really good. or our, But then we can also... But mm, but we can do that without our hearts being engaged in it. And that's what we want. We want hearts to be engaged that it's not just rote. Although yeah. sometimes we have to force ourselves to do it. But but to have a passion. Like, yeah, I love my wife. Or, you know, uh, you know I really love my wife. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, I love my wife because I have to because she's my wife. Or I love my wife because, because I really like her. Yeah, you know what husbands do? They should love their wives. Right. So it's something I try to do, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I like that, engaging your heart. That's a really good way to put it. So, all right. Yeah, cool. No, some cool thoughts. I, d I didn't know if there were any other thoughts going around. We're going to have to video this sometimes because <laughs> we, we, we sometimes pause and are looking at each other and be like, are you going to see something? You gonna see well, something? sometimes the synergy's there. Sometimes we're looking at each other. That's okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, maybe I didn't have some good questions today. So. No, no, it's not that. I just think we, we shared our... No, I'm a pensive okay. dude. I'm, I'm like, I have so many thoughts and I'm trying to like... Water them? Yeah, because I'm a blabber. You know, I could just ramble and talk about anything. You know, I could talk about like checkered floor in the room, but I like, <laughs> I, like I'm trying to gather my thoughts and make sure that they come out correctly and then also like i feel as though like in my mind the idea of going deeper right the the idea of going deeper very much like what you were saying in the beginning pastor todd like like where deeper where like you can go deeper in poop is that where you want to be yeah you know like you can go or go deeper in doing things yeah, yeah you know what i mean yeah, yeah. you can go be, you yeah. go okay. deeper in in right in in the disciplines of faith but that doesn't necessarily mean that you've actually gone deeper in your relationship with god and you yeah. know and so 
and so the, a lot of uh, right now my mind is kind of like swirling about and 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 I think part of the reason it's swirling about is because of depth for like depth can it just can mean so many different things for so many people so you almost need like a central like hey guys we're gonna meet here you yeah. know like um central meeting point and i because like what you were saying pastor todd you know going deeper you can go somebody can you can have a sickness happen in your family and that can take you deeper you know like you were saying somebody could be experiencing blessings and they say oh man man i feel like i'm really just connected with god because i got all these blessings you know so it's like man it's so i don't know it's just so much yeah, and, so and like, both of those are a kind of deeper right it can be a kind of deeper. right so i feel like it, it it almost like i feel like the target moves a little bit which is why i like what you said pastor todd about it, it, your heart being engaged <clears throat> maybe if if in that sense of wanting to go deeper pastor jeff saying that's it's a tempen, it's a dependency on god but not at the expense of uh, to talk about what we were saying earlier, hating yourself or self-loathing or something. It's a matter of engaging my heart. Um, and a lot of times it, it does take that humility. This is what we talked about earlier, that humility, understanding myself and, and my need for God and those things and what God has done in my life. But now, um, yeah, they're, they're not just disciplines. It's not just, oh, checkbox, I'm a Christian or, yeah, I know, I know God's ways. I I know the, the I my theology is correct. I know what God right. cares about. Right. Um but that I mean, my heart is engaged. I, I just really like that language. Uh not to put you on the spot, but do you I know you know Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's where we need the camera. Um do you know, because I know this is a series, do you know what his other weeks are about, like what he touches on? Cuz I wonder if some of the like what we mean by going deeper if he'll touch on that in the upcoming I, weeks. Um, I I know what one of them I I don't remember the other ones, but the one and I liked this idea of picking up the fork. Okay, I want to go deeper in my walk with God. How many Christians say things like, "Oh, I just I'm not getting fed here." Uh, uh you know, the pastor, oh, the teaching, I'm not getting fed, I'm not getting fed. And so going deeper in your walk with God is pick up the fork and feed yourself like mm-hmm. Just the premise. I don't know right, really where right. else it's going. But the other weeks, I don't know, and I don't know what week that is. I was just curious because yeah. uh, that might actually define as the weeks go by. Yeah, and I feel, I think he felt that. like this was an intro week to talk about, yeah, you see the story with Peter, the personal encounter that Jesus had with him, and inviting us into that, I guess, you know, that being the first week. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think... Um, looking at my notes here, I think he actually somewhat describes what he meant by going deeper when he's talked about his third, his third point where he said it was, Peter was about fish. Yeah. But Jesus said, now let's go past fish and make it about people or whatever, you know, where he transformed that to just to surface matters of this world into the matters of eternal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He said like, uh, yeah, Peter's concerned about, the bills. That's why he's a fisherman. Jesus is concerned about the eternal bill, the destination of people. Peter's concerned about fish. Jesus is concerned about men, people, not things. Uh, Peter's concerned about himself, and Jesus is concerned about other people who don't know God. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You seemed like you were gonna say something. I do so. have a thought because I just I'm like, I I mean, so this is like a little bit of a struggle for me because. I understand 
the sentiments of that, right? Like God is concerned about people. God, you know, like there's this level that things kind of hit where um, you as a Christian mature and understand that ultimately it's about seeing people come to know Christ. I think, though, there is also a level which bills are real for people. Mm -hmm. And in that season when the bills are real for people, how do I know that God is concerned about my needs in that same way? Yeah. Because we can read this story and immediately see um, there's a miracle that takes place there. There's a miracle that takes place and there's provision. Yeah. I don't know if that miracle always shows up in people's lives like that, like it showed up in Peter's life. Yeah. And I think that that's a struggle for people. And so, and I'm just being real. It's coming from a real place because that was, I think, how we grew, how I grew up. You know, go to church. Oh, put the money in a church collection plate. And, you know, God is going to do this. All right, great. Well, the due date for this bill is coming up. Is God going to miraculously show up at my door with this money to pay this bill? Mm-hmm. There is a theology, an entire wheelhouse of theology built on this premise. Yeah. And I guess I'm just a little bit like I'm nervous about that because I don't want to move into that space theologically. Mm-hmm. And I don't want t- to move other people into that space theologically because of some of the damaging things that can come out of that. So how do we, so I guess this is my question, how do we as Christians, as believers, as pastors, you know, continue to champion hope and continue to champion the gospel in the lives of people when the the fish don't show up in everybody's boat the way that it showed up for Peter? Mm -hmm. How do we continue to press, you know, upon people's hearts the need for, the need for people to make souls their focus, you know, living for something else other than, you know, your bills. When you do have very real scenarios like bills in front of you. Um, I don't know. So those are things. That's why I think, you know, part of me is that I'm quiet because I'm thinking about these things and I'm like, how do we reconcile these things? Because there are people who are thinking like this and show up to church Cause they're like, if I go to church today, God is going to see that, put that in my account. And when I need to, when I need it, he's going to be like, Oh, so-and-so went to church that day. I guess I'll drop him an extra hundred bucks in their wallet today or a $20 bill on the street or, you know, have somebody pick up their tab, have somebody drop off food at their house. And I, I'm just like, some of this feels dangerous to me because it's anchored in blessing and not necessarily the character of God. So how you know like so that's I guess kind of like my tension here. I'm like how, yeah, and, and I'm I'm trying to think of how what to say, but I but I'll say this like I feel like Pastor Jeff was saying that it isn't about blessing, you know, saying it wasn't about the fish, and I liked young adults. We did a study last week and he was talking about career and he talked about this story, and even in that sense, Peter had a he called it a career day. Peter had the best day of fishing ever. So what we could do, if it were about the blessings, you'd say, yes, Jesus, thank you so much. You gave me everything I needed. I'm blessed. I have all this money now. I don't even have to quit my job. I'm great. But Peter, those were just a means to an end to speak to Peter about what Jesus was really trying to do. Um, 
And so that's actually Peter walked away from the blessing. The, he Jesus just did a miracle in his life, but then he puts it on the ground to follow him because it wasn't about that. I don't think that I'm necessarily answering your question of what if somebody's in that place, but I'm just saying that I think um, that's not where the sermon wasn't trying to construct that. I think it was trying to come against that. But so what if you are in that place of Bill's our reality? Sure, I'd love, and yeah, you want to come against that theology of like, well, yeah, just going to put in the offering plate. God's going to come through. Um, I mean, how can you be, that can be a struggle. I want to be witnessing to others for God. Um, but, but I have these other needs that have to be met. I mean, you can't live your life without certain, you know, of these needs being met. Um, I would say this, I liked same thing that the young adult study, I liked what the pastor said, um, how our job is a tool and he talked, it, the whole thing was about our career and our identity. And so, and in this sense too, maybe wherever you are at with a job, if you're doing very well or not doing well, you're in a place you don't want to be, or you're not making enough money or whatever. He just talked about how our identity comes from God. So, uh, not our job. Many of us, our identity comes from our job or we're trying to, we're trying to derive our identity from our job. So it's the opposite. You come into your job already knowing who you are. And then your job is simply a tool. And I just really liked what he said. It's really stuck with me. Um, your job is a tool to praise, to prune, to provide, and to promote. And so praise God to prune you. God may be trying to do something and change you in your job. So understand that that's a process. Oh, I'm not happy. Okay, he's pruning you. Uh, provide. That is a real need. Like jobs provide me money, and, and I need that. But I like what he said. It provides for yourself. It provides for your family. And for the mission of God, um, and then also promote to promote the gospel. So, I guess to me that's a partial answer. It's not. A, it's not a. It's not a. It's not a direct answer. But I mean that mentality is important when it comes to that. What is our perspective when it comes to what we're working for? Or even that I have bills. Like I have bills to pay. Those bills to serve God. Like that doesn't mean I like again. Like you're saying, Pastor Jamal. Oh, I ignore those things now and just wait for God to fix it for me. Um, it may, you know, whatever, I'm just still talking, so I don't know if you have something to say. I can't necessarily speak to the financial end of it because, honestly, I don't think I've ever been at a place where I haven't known how I'm going to purchase food or or how I'm going to pay for something important, so I don't, I don't necessarily know that I can speak to that because I think sometimes when we go through it and we meet with God with that, we have a better answer than just theory, you know. Probably the closest, and I've talked about it before, is when it comes to like sickness and illness and the idea of I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and I know that's a little different. Um but I think in those moments that I've had that with, with Steph or whatever, and um, just even recently I had a scare with a doctor's appointment when I had to wait and find out what it was going to be. There's no doubt I was afraid. There's no doubt we were afraid. But I think our hope was about Jesus walking me through every moment of that even when I didn't know if it was going to be bad 
and with Steph, even when we had learned that it was bad. And I think our hope came to be that should I get to the point where, like, it's life-threatening or whatever it may be, that God's strength will surpass my own strength to help me figure it out or to cope. But then the hope in that was that I wasn't alone to have to deal with that, even if it didn't seem like there was going to be a right answer. And I know the problem with that is I'm saying that knowing that we came out the other end <laughs> and that it's hard in those moments when you don't know if you're going to come out the other end. And I think that's kind of what you're hinting, you're like kind of the point is like when you're going through it and you don't know where it's going to come, how to hold on to it without it necessarily becoming like, well, God will just give me everything I need and don't matter. When, when, sure, we say that God, I've never seen God's people starving or go without food or bread. I can't think of the verse right now. And I'm totally seeing the righteous up. forsaken or right. begging for bread. And yet there are times when we do see righteous people really, really struggle. I don't know that there's a clean answer for that. And I think that's the reason why I asked the question, because I think that there is a, we're talking about going deeper. There's a depth here that I think a lot of people struggle to find. And I think that there's a, like trying to bridge those two ideas is difficult. Like that's, that's hard. And like trying to make, trying to help people get to that, to that space of hope or to that mentality of hope. It's, it's not easy, but I feel like we, we need to find a way, like collectively I'm talking about the global church, like we need to find a way to navigate some of that stuff in a way that isn't dismissive of somebody's issues that are in front of them, um, but really does help them to get to that, to that, to that space in that place. Like I think that, you know, the, the point that Pastor Jeff makes is Jesus turns what we are concerned about into what he is concerned about that he is concerned about these things. This, and I think some people struggle to feel as though God is concerned when there's no fish in the net. And that's, and, and so to me, faith has to move from, you know, expecting something to be in the net to God's presence being there with an empty net being enough. Now, that is hard to me. I could say that now because, hey, you know what? I've walked through these particular seasons and they've brought me to this point where just his presence in the boat, even though I'm pulling, pulling up the net and it's just water, there's nothing in there, maybe some junk, and some trash. His presence there with me is enough, but I'm not so sure we always collect like again the global church i'm not so sure we're always good at helping people connect the dots to get from from point a to point b and that's a, and sometimes it's only it comes by way of it comes by way of experiencing that and having to have that revealed you know through a, a specific season or whatever but i think it's also like and i'm just throwing this out there i'm just putting more you know weights into this whole situation is like 
to then it's I think sometimes it's hard for some people to commit to a cause when they feel like their needs have been met, uh, unmet. I, I think there are plenty of people who would probably never go back to church because they feel the, this way. There's probably some people who would never engage in, in, in faith because they feel that way. And, you know, helping them move from a place of like, hey, you know what, G- Jesus is enough. That's tough. So I, I, that's the reason why I'm asking that question, because I feel like that's the that's the deeper like, hey, what's the deeper question here? What's the deeper level here that we could take this that would allow for people? I don't know, to grow. I don't know. That's just my, my two cents. Yeah, no. So actually with you saying that, that makes me think of this. You know, when I read that story, this is what I have underlined and written in my Bible that I think jumps out to me that it is coming against that idea of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God's with me because the net is full. What do I do when the net is empty? God is still with me. I don't think Peter is experiencing, wow, the net is full, so now I know Jesus is with me. Let me just explain what I mean. It says that uh, in in Luke 5, verse 8, but when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet saying, go away from me, I'm a sinful man. And he was amazed at the amount of fish that they caught. If you think of the story, again, you read it in chapter 5, Jesus is teaching, the fishermen are cleaning their net, so they're done. They were trying to catch fish. They didn't catch anything. Maybe that happens sometimes. He's listening to Jesus teach. Then eventually Jesus says, "Put your go back out, put your nets on the other side. Peter says, that's not going to work. I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm talking about. You're a teacher. I'm a fisherman. Here's how this stuff works. But I respect, I hear what you're going to say. I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to do it anyway. And then the miracle happens. And so to me, when Peter saw that, he had already heard and saw maybe even other miracles of Jesus, but he at least had already heard him teach. But when he saw this, this is when he dropped everything and followed him. This is what changed him. Um, And what I wrote in my Bible is like, what is that moment for other people? So I think maybe that's part of it is like, not that Jesus provided for Peter's needs. And so, uh, you know, he brought him out of poverty or something, or he, he, he needed to pay the bills. That's why he's a fisherman. He needs to pay the bills. But it wasn't that my bill wasn't being paid and Jesus provided. That was the miracle that unlocked it in Peter's heart because of his life experience as a fisherman. When he saw that, Jesus moved from beyond a teacher to the Lord of his life now. And so maybe is that what we can help people? So we don't teach people, well, when you get the blessings, God's with you. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes that's how you know. That may be how God's for, for your life experience and where you're at. But maybe God is not, you know, there are these needs that need to be met in your life, but what is it that needs to happen for you to be able to continue to say that Jesus is Lord of my life, or you need to make that change and say, he's not just my teacher, he's my Lord, like Peter. I feel like that's what we see in the story, you know, so maybe kind of an answer to that question a little bit, um, which is more difficult. It's easier to say, uh, from what you were saying earlier, it's more shallow and easier to say, well, put your money in the offering plate. And, you know, I know this. When you give 10, God gives back 100. That's just easier to say and just easier to believe. And then even when it doesn't happen, like, I'm just going to keep believing that anyway. It's just easier than working out, working through. Man, I know God loves me. I know what his word says. I know what I hear. But, man, I'm. this is tough right now. You know, that's, that's harder, but like what you were saying. So, but that would be maybe a partial answer from my end. Like when Peter saw that, again, it's not about the, um, 
the blessing or lack of blessing or the need provided it in this story. I think that was a personal, that was a miracle that personally spoke to Peter in a way that changed. Jesus became his, uh, went from being his teacher to being his Lord. And so how does that, what do we have to do in our lives to allow that to continue to be a reality? You know, one of my, um, favorite verses, uh, I'm trying to get through stuff where, like, we don't know what to do. Comes from, shoot, what is this? Hold on, I'll find it for you a second. But it says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. <clears throat> Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. And kind of like what kind of sticks in my mind with about that is, the idea here is a person is blind, groping their way through, and he doesn't make the path disappear. Right. It's he's actually leading them through it and places it maybe might potentially be rough. He helps them walk through it in a way that smooths it out. And I don't always think that that means it's easy because it still sounds like they're, climb they're climbing through the mountains, you know, trying to do this. And so... Um, I think there's the idea of in those deepest, most difficult moments when we don't know where it's going to come from, that's that darkness. He can lead us in a way that doesn't always mean miraculous provision, but does mean his provision. And maybe his provision is the way he leads us through it. Uh, and again, I think that's easier said than done. I think sometimes it's hard without dealing with specific things, you know what I mean, to give an answer because any general answer you give can come up really shallow <laughs> since that's what we're talking about, you know. Oh, well, just believe God, but but sometimes it's like you got to like deal with specific, like here's how you're struggling. Okay, so let's deal with that and how can we help or whatever, you know. And and I, I, and honestly, I have seen the church do that at times, and I have seen them not do that at times. So sometimes we're good at it. Sometimes we're not helpful coming alongside people, and sometimes we're aware, and sometimes we're really not <laughs> aware, you know. Um, but even within those moments, when I feel like I'm blind and groping, um, which is, which is scary. But I, I think God can still lead us through that so that we can get through it. Yeah, I was going to say from what you're saying a little bit, you know, God's provision, like you said, it's not always miraculous. Maybe that's what it is too. Like sometimes God providing for us, going to a deeper place with God, I guess bringing it in that sense, may mean in a financial sense we're really struggling, we're going through this. Maybe it's an illness or a crisis, but, you know, uh, I guess I just want to say, you know, it's, it may be different. Maybe, like, we're struggling, just as just an example, a theory, like you were saying, you know, more, but we're struggling this way financially. But, man, during those times, um, no one was sick. Our cars seemed to survive the whole time. Now I'm having these car problems. Now... We're dealing with this health thing, but we're in a place financially now where we're not worried about the things we used to be worried about. And this is a new area for me to be trusting God. So it may be right now with finances. This is, that's the scare. That's the, 
where I got to keep coming to God and saying, Lord, your presence is enough. You're going to walk me through because financially this is tough. And now maybe somebody listening, they were there, they are there. Maybe you're in a different place. Financially, I, I don't have question marks financially. God has blessed me. Great. Um, what are the other areas then that you need to be submitting that God wants to take you deeper, um, a deeper dependency in him? You know, it could be something else. Again, maybe it's a health thing now, like you're saying, Pastor Todd, or other things, other areas. Maybe it's with a family member. Um, so, you know, what's great is God has provided for me in X, Y, and Z. So on A, B, and C where I don't, you know, where I'm trying to figure out what's next, that's where I need to be trusting God on a personal level and not just going with, I'm, I'm trying to tie it all together, but not just going with a teacher. Well, Jesus says, if you give, he provides, you know, oh, what blessings are God, like taking it deeper and, and being personal with Jesus in that sense. I don't know if that, if that makes sense. One last thought and then I'll shut up. Um, first of all, that was Isaiah 42, 16. I was going to ask, I was going to ask you what verse it was. Yeah, that was the verse I read, Isaiah 42, 16. The other thing that, um, I don't know, I hope this doesn't sound trite, but I was just thinking about, like, um, one of the reasons that Jesus is really able, like, (coughs) Jesus is the perfect substitution for me, and he was able to bear my sins, and he was able to show how to walk, because he's gone through a lot of the same crap that that we struggle with I mean financially I mean Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days and didn't eat and then he could have turned the bread the stones to bread but he didn't and I think Jesus knows hunger I think about how he knows loss you know all throughout scripture other than at the birth of Jesus we don't see anything else about his dad so I assume there's a loss in there he cried at the loss of his friend, Lazarus. Um, he was beaten and wounded, you know, and so that may not necessarily provide me food or whatever, but then at least I, at least there's the hope that, like, as Jesus is walking, th- as I'm walking through this and Jesus is walking with me, he's not walking, like, if I try to walk through somebody who doesn't know where their money is coming from, I don't understand that momentary feeling of like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to buy groceries. But Jesus does because he's been there, you know. And again, I, I don't, I, I don't mean that as trite. I guess maybe I just mean like there's some comfort in the fact that that it's not a foreign situation to him, and so he understands our hurts and our pains in those moments. That maybe we can draw some strength from that. Hey, if nobody else gets it, at least he does. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I would say that's definitely true. I don't want. I don't know what you want to say, Pastor Jamal, but I, yeah, definitely, I would agree. For sure. Yeah, I think. Um, <clears throat> I just feel like it's. Uh, yeah, I know Hebrews talks about the fact that we have. Uh, the uh, great high priest who has, you know, who can identify with us, you know, on every level. I mean, that's what scripture says, which is, you know, beyond incredible and in some ways beyond incomprehensible. Like it's un, 
I don't know how. Man, I I know I got enough. I got enough trouble trying to figure out my own issues, you know, and figure out you know struggle with my own stuff. Like the idea that Jesus can identify with every single person. That's like, that's 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 massive. And I think that the tension I think that's here is here for a reason to make you seek Jesus for the answer. And as I think, you know, Pastor Todd has mentioned, you know, um, Pastor Matt has mentioned and how Pastor Jeff says all the time, you know, God is more interested in our character than he is our comfort. This idea, I think, ties back into number one, that he wants to meet with you and that no matter whatever it is you bring to the table, he's not too busy to walk with you through it. Now, I'm I'm a firm believer in being just transparent and saying, I don't know what that answer is going to be for you and your scenario and whatever it is that you're walking through. But I know that he'll be present with you and I know that he will speak. Those are the things that I do know. Do I know what the day to day, you know, uh, you know, like next steps are going to be? No, I don't. I don't know that stuff, but I know that he's able and I know that he could speak. So, you know. And as cliche as that may sound, I think that to me is the starting point for all of it is one on one intimacy with Jesus that maybe you take it moment by moment and you ask you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, help me today because I don't know what I'm going to do to make this work. You know, Jesus, give me comfort today because I feel alone in these you know scenarios and situations. You know, maybe that is the answer is making that the starting point, you know, and making that the commonplace for as long as you navigate the scenario, you know, like you know, Pastor Todd, you've, you've been very open about your guys's, you know, journey with, you know, um, Steph's diagnosis. I can't, Im- I don't, I don't know what that looked like for you guys day to day, but I imagine that for you guys day to day, it was a, a constant communication with the father. Hey God, we don't know dot, dot, dot. Here's what we need, though. Like, hey, God, we did not get the answer we wanted, you know, in this regards. But here's what we, you know what we need, you know. And so, like, in my mind, like, I feel like it all comes back to, like, this is, the, the, this is kind of like the, the main thing. It's like d- going, you know, moving, what is it, out of the shallows? Moving out of the shallows into the depths will start with and be constant with one-on-one communication with Jesus and this is why I think I'm a little cringy about the idea of like teacher slash mentor like because sometimes your teacher and mentor can give you advice and you're like yeah yeah I don't know you know like but like your lord your master says hey this is the way you know it's the way like that's the way you go about it that's the way you need to do it like I've fully if you fully committed fully surrendered unto Jesus and Jesus says Hey, we're making a left. All right, left it is. You know, like it looks dark down there. I, I know it does. Hey, you know what? There's a diagnosis I don't like down there. I know it is. Like, you know, hey, there's I, there's no, I don't have a job down there. I know you don't. Like, you know, like and so. Th- those are all to me. All that stuff is like hard. Is like it's like not easy. And I think that it's okay sometimes as a church to just say, I don't know, <laughs> and just just honestly be like, Hey, man, that sucks. I don't have an answer for you. But I know these things about the character of God above all else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stupid. Uh, like, the reality is, 
um, going deeper is not a Christian movie. <laughs> and I say that because <laughs> a lot of times at the end of Christian movies, everything works out. Uh, I remember seeing God's not dead. And here's this professor who hated God and hated God, hated God. And at the very end, he's like on his dying breath. He's like, Jesus, forgive me. Yeah. You know, and he has eternal. That's not always the case in real Christian life and the walk out. Things don't always have that nice, pretty bow on it. And that's the beauty of the gospel is that it's, it's not like artificial like that. Right. You know, it really does address, it really meets us. That's what I mean. It meets us in those darkest moments where we're at and it doesn't always have to turn out pretty for God to be in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And to tie that back into the going shallow, like, or or coming out of the shallows and going deeper. Like sometimes that's when our faith really gets deep is, is when we're bumping into Jesus in those hard moments that, we're like, why isn't this turning out with this pretty little bow? And we realize that through all of it, God has sustained us. And he has walked with us because the pretty little bow at the end can really keep us shallow sometimes. Because then we don't have to really depend upon Jesus because everything works out in our favor. Yay. <laughs> you know? So, so yeah, that wasn't supposed to be about. I was yeah, going to say, sometimes, yeah. And I think sometimes, too, like it's important to tell people you're not going to, you probably won't get the answer this side of heaven. Like you probably won't ever know why this ended up being like this. You probably won't know it. You won't get the answer you're looking for this side of heaven. Like, so like, but that's not, you know, that's not, you know, you know, cool. That's not, you know, that's not what get people excited. You know, that's not what gets you the shouts and the amens and the hallelujahs, you know, that stuff don't, you know, and for lack of a better phrasing, that stuff's not sexy, right? Like, so people, you know, they want the stuff that's like, I want to feel good and I want to feel hope. And, you know, and I think it's tough when you have to say to people, is Jesus just being present hope enough for you? Because if it's not, then you might have, I mean, you might have, spoke about being deep, you might have some deeper issues there, like some deeper idolatries or principles ideologies that aren't rooted in biblical things so now you gotta you gotta god's gotta do a whole different work in you you know like i mean and i don't know like this and this is this is the part where it's like you know the sovereignty of god because like job had everything and god was like give me that you know like it was just like i don't know i don't know yeah i I don't know and right in the story and i love that pastor jeff pointed out you know jesus never left the boat and so, you know, wherever we find ourselves, yeah, is Jesus' presence enough? The fact is that his presence is always with us. I think it's tough when you don't feel like he's with you in those moments, but the truth is that he is, and that's um, what we need to wrestle through. And then even, you know, even now, like just with the pandemic and everything, it's like, wherever you find yourself like, and I say that because I personally feel like I have not really suffered as a result of this. I've been mildly inconvenienced, but I know other people feel like this is a really, really big deal. Other people have lost family members. I know people who have lost a lot of family members. So, um, wherever you find yourself knowing that, um, Jesus is in the boat with you. Maybe again, some people listening, I know, uh, 
have been laid off as a result of this pandemic. Talk about finances earlier. Some people that's been the case. Other people uh, <laughs> jokingly have made money like from the, it's, it's kind of worked out great in that sense, but there are other things. So wherever you're at, knowing that Jesus is in the boat with you and how are we going to respond? That was kind of one of the questions I wanted to ask, but maybe it's less of a question at this point, but just that we have an opportunity now Um you know, how, how will you respond even in the midst of this pandemic, wherever you find yourself? Um, what does it look like to be going deeper in your faith, in your walk with God, whatever, um, right now? You know, again, whether you're struggling financially, you've been laid off because of COVID, maybe you've had it yourself or, you know, a family member who struggled. Like, what does it look like for you now to know Jesus's presence is with you despite this? despite what you're facing, you know, uh, I think we have an opportunity as Christians. Um, this is, we were as a staff talked about this earlier, but just that, Hey, what is, what is being a Christian look like in a pandemic? And again, maybe on a personal level, what is being a Christian who doesn't have enough money right now? What does that look like? I get to model that for somebody. What does it look like a Christian who's struggling with, with these issues? I, I have the opportunity to model that. Um, I think that's where we're at as a church with, our society right now and even an election what does it look like to be a christian that loves others that disagrees with my political opinion what does it look like you Wait, know you can do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> well christians should be able to do that so what does that look like we have that opportunity so um the song that keeps rolling around my head is and we sing it a lot like take me deeper than my wait yeah yeah uh, um then my feet would ever wander. Then my feet would ever wander. My faith would be made stronger. Yeah, and part of that song, when we get to the bridge, is where there's no borders. Take me, you know, where my faith has no borders. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think, the whole thing about that is it's really scary. Going where our faith has no borders. Well, that means we have to blow through where I think God's going to meet my needs and step out into a place where maybe the water is over my head. And whether that be in COVID, whether that be financially, whatever, whatever it be, whatever, I think that going deeper with God means sometimes we have to feel like we're drowning for a moment, you know, until we can reach out and grab hold of him. All right, guys. Well. It's, uh, it's been some good discussion for this first week of the series, Out of the Shallows into the Deep. We'll see kind of where the next few weeks take us, uh, talking about, yeah, going deeper and, and trusting God in these different ways. Um, you know, one of the things that you pointed out, Pastor Jamal, is that this is the way. And I just think about, um, you know, maybe I got ahead of myself with Christmas music in October. The other thing that comes out this month <laughs> is The Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian season two comes out and uh, I texted you guys that article. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I started a rumor and it wasn't, I didn't start it, but it was a rumor I read online about you went to Reddit. That's the problem. I, when you go to Reddit, no, you it wasn't Reddit. Rumors? It wasn't Reddit. It wasn't Reddit. <laughs> Reddit's blocked on my computer because Reddit's not always the nicest thing. So, <laughs> so, and I, and I shared it with you guys about him not being happy. And, and then now I've read like 12 articles now. That's like, that's not true. That's not true. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so, Sorry, I didn't mean to be that. Yeah, because you had me worried. <laughs> yeah, it was last week. Sense. Why would you mess up Disney money? That's the dumbest decision you could ever make in your life. Like I'm just saying, on a practical level, 
you know, we're talking about paying bills. Disney money could pay your bills for the for yeah, you pay your thing. bills, your yeah. grandkids' bills, your great grandkids' bills. Dude. You better not mess up no but Disney money. Boyega was like, I'm not gonna let you Disney Plus me. <laughs> he did say that. <laughs> he did say that. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't know. I, Boyega, you wallin'. Like you, you mean, mean, you mean Disney money. I'll tell you what, Disney could pay me whatever they want. <laughs> put me on a Star Wars <laughs> Disney Plus show. I don't care what they pay me, I'll be there. <laughs> this is the way. Call me up. <laughs> and while Mickey Mouse is rolling around in his hundred dollar bills and his Scrooge McDuck swimming <laughs> through the money. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you know, according like according to Forbes, tackle. Scrooge McDuck is the richest fictional character that has ever existed. That's not fair. Yes, he is second to Smaug, and then I think third is Lex Luthor. I would over think the, over T'Challa, Scroo- Scrooge over McDuck. Bruce Wayne, Scrooge McDuck. I never saw Scrooge T'Challa McDuck. swimming in his money. Okay, yeah, right. that's <laughs> what they brought it to. <laughs> that's what they brought it to. <laughs> Forbes article. It was it was a real. That's deal. so whack. T'Challa don't have to swim in as much, but see, T'Challa keeps it. He keeps it low key anyway. He keeps yeah, it he humble. Does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they didn't they didn't consider him because they they probably didn't try to count all the. Uh, Some tells me T'Challa everything the they have in. Uh, Wakanda. Something tells me T'Challa's the richest, hands down. Yeah. He, I'm just saying, he got vibranium. Like, I'm just saying. That's what I say. Yeah, they didn't. Th- they didn't consider the amounts come of vibranium. On. No, come on, bro. They they wallet. Scrooge. Yeah, McDuck, but that's not the no. same as gold coins. Wait, man. wait, wait. It actually may. They may have not counted assets. Like, oh, that would be an asset. So mm. like, it's not direct, directly available income. So uh, okay, I'll be honest. I I would be happy to be the grandson or nephew or child of either one of them. Of Scrooge McDuck okay. or T'Challa. Scrooge or T'Challa, or T'Challa. you know. <laughs> I'll take either one. Either, I, I mean, I, I'll I'll humble myself to take second place, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> second rich. You sure you don't want to be with Smaug and uh, Lonely Mountain? Smaug. Giant Dragon? Yeah, no, I'm okay with that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be a snack. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. See you later. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> wait, we go over I it every week. I <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. See you later. <laughs> and I saw you click it. <laughs>